Blog Talk Radio. It's Wednesday afternoon, and we're excited to be on the air. Your hosts for today's show are Robert Brining and Jack McEnroe. They will be taking your calls and speaking out on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That's 347-215-9442. Welcome to Paz IM Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Paz IM Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack McEnroth. Jack, how are you today? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. How are you? Great, great. Um, excited about today's show and, uh, you know, just moving on. <laughs> right on. I was on um, the Derek and Romaine show on Sirius uh, Radio yesterday, Satellite Radio, okay. and I talked up the show a lot, so maybe we'll oh, have cool. some new people listening today. Is yeah, that something great. I can They're hilarious. Is that something that people can go listen to and like? Um, you know, I know. It's, I mean, Sirius is a it's like cable radio. You have to pay for it, but I think there's if you just Google um, Sirius, which is S I R I U S, there's there's like a free trial. And I don't know if they save the broadcast in MP3 form or what they do. I I've been on it about ten times. I don't really pay attention. <laughs> I just do it. I walk in. I do my thing. They only keep you on for like fifteen twenty minutes, and then. They're hilarious. Like, they're really crass, really over the top. So I have to wash my mouth whenever I'm on that show because I get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always fun. Um, do you have anything, events or anything coming up? Um, no, I'm just waiting to hear about the show that I shot the pilot for in L.A. We'll hear about the end of the month. Um, and, yeah, there's some tentative dates for Living Positive by Design. We're either going next to um, Vegas in August or um, in September we're going to New Orleans, not both. So we have to. It just depends on like what the schedule is, and so that's pretty good. And other than that, I'm just training for the out games in Copenhagen. So I'm swimming my ass off. Like I'm swimming like two hours every day, and I'm tired. <laughs> uh, that was just reminded me that um, this week actually my soccer guys, my team is down in DC playing in the International Gay and Lesbian Football association tournament which is you know held every year and usually i'm there and this year i'm not able to go because my partner's going to la so i just want you know send out i know they're doing pretty good uh last i heard they won one and lost one so just let them know I'm, I'm with them in spirit <laughs> i really Excellent. wish i was there because i would have had yeah. done this you know are you, are you good at, are you good at soccer yeah i've been playing for uh about 22 years excellent um my mom made me play until seventh grade and I was the kid that they always made the fullback because I couldn't, or is that what they call it? I don't even remember. Because I couldn't do anything. So <laughs> I would just sit in the sand and, like, make sandcastles. And when the ball came near me, I would, like, scream and run away. <laughs> yeah, I was a really valuable player. <laughs> so I got to listen to the show. I got to listen to the show on Sunday. That was fun. I, um, yeah, it was cool to see you there. Yeah, I, know, I usually am, like, preoccupied on Sunday nights, but um, it was good. Jeremy's hilarious. I've never heard him on on, on the radio before. I think he actually puts me to shame. Like, I thought I was obnoxious, but I think Zach Queen is well, even more obnoxious than me. <laughs> yeah, but he's so funny, too. He's, he's he is. He's hilarious. Hilarious. Um, speaking of 
funny people. We have um, Kenji on the line. Kenji's our guest today, and he's going to come on and he's going to talk about um, basically share his amazing story with us, things that he's went through being positive and uh, homeless and some various other things. He's a very inspirational guy, and I know he doesn't like to be put on a pedestal, so a lot of us don't. I don't want to do that, but he is amazing. Oh, I love he it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a, um, a blog network that um, I have a link in the website in the chat room to that you can go and check out. And um, he's an insp- very inspirational. He does video blogs on YouTube. I mean, he's going to start blogging on Pause I Am. And he's just raw, unedited, real, like this is how it really is. And he just tells you from the heart. And I think that's the best part about viewing his videos and stuff. It's like I don't even know him. I haven't met him. But I feel like we're, like, connected. You know what I mean? Like, people cross paths for a reason. And it's right. weird. No, I, we were – obviously, I, we've never met or spoken either, but we were – um, chatting during last Sunday's show, and um, he's he's sassy, I think. So it'll be fun to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, let's bring him on then. Uh, let's see, Kenji, are you there? Hey, what's up? <clears throat> hey, Kenji, how are you? Um, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Um, I know you're going through a difficult time right now, so I just want to let you know that my thoughts are with you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. What's up, Jack? Hey, how are you? <laughs> and I'm not sassy. <laughs> We need to get him out of his, uh, got to get him out of his funk for an hour. Out of his funk? Bring him back, yeah. A friend of his just passed away, so um, I don't want to get into too many details about it, but I know it's tough for you right now to do this, and I appreciate you coming on anyway. Thank you very much. <clears throat> so one of the, um, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, one of the things um, I wanted people to actually uh, hear is how, how much courage that you have to share how raw you are with your videos and and just your story in general from dealing, you know, you battled cancer five times, sickle cell, you were homeless, um, and you're HIV positive now. And I know you just found this out about a year. And I just think from what you've done, in your, from what I've seen in your videos and your websites, from what you've done in this one year about battling HIV and the stigma, I think it's just amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it, Robert. Um it's been it's been hard. Um, people think I'm a lot stronger than I actually am, but um, friends like Tina and Andy and Crystal, who's in the chat room, they'll they'll tell you that I that I break down quite a bit. Um, but I I just try to stay positive and try not to make the message about me. Um, Homelessness started, actually, it started before February 3rd. It started on my birthday, um, December 19th, 2006. And um, it was shortly after my pops passed. And so from December to February, I was scrambling, trying to put everything back together. Um, denying that it had happened um, and just not believing that that homelessness was in fact happening to me and then refusing to make my mom aware of it um, because she was already pretty sick um, and I just wasn't going to put it on her. So February 3rd um, is when I... um, kind of, I guess it was kind of like a light went on in my head and was just like, you know what, you're in this for a reason. 
and you can't make it about you. Um, and that day is when I met um, Salinas, who's actually uh, was a uh, single mother who was homeless with her kids. And um, a service agency refused to let me give up my shower slot so her, her, her and her kids could take a bath. And that just pissed me off. And that day is when I started um, Do Something Saturday, which is now um, the, it's still Do Something Saturday, but the organization is the Leon and Mary Fields Foundation. And Leon and, and, and Mary Fields were my grandparents. Um, so you called it, And you I, called it that to encourage people to get out and actually do something. Right. Um, I couldn't already have, well, Do Something was already taken. That's Andrew Shue's organization. Um, and just in all the volunteer work that I had done prior to this, it was always done on usually on a Saturday, and it was usually me and friends getting together before we went out clubbing, before we went out partying, and we would all just try to, like, be of support to people. A lot of people think I started volunteer work when homelessness happened, but I've been volunteering and speaking since I was a kid. Um, so it's not a new arena to me. It's just now it, it, it's my purpose. Um, so uh, 2007 was rough, but um, had a lot of major things happen. Did the um, photo project, the Million Dollar Ghetto, um, which was a photo project with kids down in Venice um, where I teamed them up with myself and professional photographers. And the goal of it was to just, um, give these kids who had either a parent or both parents that were incarcerated extreme low income um, to give them the opportunity to do something positive. And when I saw the pictures, I was just like, God, I, I can't just like give these kids these pictures. I got to figure out what to do with it. So I had the idea to create a gallery opening. Um, how I was going to do it or where I was going to get the money to do it um, wasn't really something that I worried about. I just prayed about it, and it happened. The kids got a red carpet entrance. They got a limo ride. The gallery, it, we transformed the community center into, like, a professional gallery, and it was amazing for the kids. But to answer your question, yes, Do Something Saturday was started to raise awareness for homeless issues um, and to put uh, put a face out there, my face out there, but ask people not to judge it, not to judge me and not to judge other homeless people, but simply try to do your best to try to reach out to people without disrespect, without being, without being mean, just caring for people like this country says it does. We say we love our countrymen, but when, we, when it's time for us to put it into practice, we care with conditions. And Do Something Saturday is very much caring with no, con no conditions, no judgments. I love that. And I think so much, I mean, there's, I think there's parallels here with the judgment and stigma against homelessness and the judgment and stigma against being HIV positive. And, and I think so much of the work that you do that's great is about just how frank you are and how open you are and how visible you are. And just by telling your story and doing the work that you do, even if, even if you're not directly affecting someone, when someone sees that or hears about it or hears about it second or third hand like they are now on, on our show, it, it just, I mean, the effect is sort of exponential. It just, just, it's amazing. Thanks. 
and and you're right there what I've learned in homelessness lasted nearly nearly two years and it was me busting my ass trying to get into services getting accepted into the Union Rescue Mission five times to have five bed tickets denied to me um, and just trying not to break down and trying to stay positive. When I found out I was HIV positive, um, I cried a little bit, um, but immediately I, I called my great aunt and I started crying and she was like, wait a minute, Lewis. And she was like, you can just suck it up. She's like, you've been through far worse, and you'll get through this. And she, she was just like, you call me when you're done sniveling. <laughs> she hung up. <laughs> and, uh, I stopped crying. I called her back and and told her where I was and everything. And she was just like, you'll get through it. Um, and I told her I didn't want to tell my mom um, because my mom was, was still getting very, very, she was, getting really, really sick, and I hadn't shared homelessness with her, and it was, it's now April 3rd, 2008, and I still hadn't told my mom what I was going through. Um, And you were homeless for how long at that um, point? It was a little over a year at that point, um, because it was, technically it started December 19th, 2006, and it was April 3rd, 2008 when I found out um, I was HIV positive so um, it was hard for me because my mom and my dad were my heroes I didn't keep anything from my parents Um, and I felt like I was being dishonest with my mother Um, but I knew she was really really sick and I just wasn't going to put that on her Um, so I didn't um, right. when I was told I was HIV positive, some things just stick out in my head. Um, I was at Harbor UCLA Medical Center, um, which is a county hospital here in Los Angeles. And, um, I remember them taking me from the emergency room upstairs. And I remember the guy that took me upstairs. I don't remember his name, but I can see his face. I can see who he is. And he demanded that I walk up to the fourth floor. I had a staph infection on my back um, that was like the size of a silver dollar, and it was very painful. I couldn't walk. I couldn't even lay on my back. And he tried to force me to get up. Um, instinctively, I just wanted to punch him, um, but I just didn't have, I just didn't have the energy to do it, um, so I just kicked him. And I told him, I said, I'm not, I'm not walking upstairs you go find the wheelchair when he got me upstairs he left me in the room hanging on to a window seal and eventually I collapsed and hit my head on the ground I don't know how long I was on the ground for um, the guys in the room said I was there for a long time the nurses said I was only down for a couple of minutes but they had no idea who I was why I was in the room how I had gotten to the room Nothing. The hospital just swept it under the floor, under the mat, like it never happened. Um, wow. The next morning, a doctor came in and she stood at the door. She called my name a few times, and um, she just blurted it into the room. Mr. Carr, you are HIV positive, and 
right then I knew that everything I had been through with homelessness, all the fistfights for my things, all the disappointments and all the letdowns were about to get worse. Um, and that's what made me cry. It wasn't the fact that I was HIV positive. It was the fact that I was about to have to battle something else all by myself. Right. Well, I, I think, I mean, I don't want to interrupt your, your story, but I also at some point want to get into, I think that speaks a lot to the but which I think uh, uh, most of the people who will hear this aren't familiar with, the state of care for homeless people and low-income people and uninsured people in our country and in many cities. And I get that question a lot from people that are, you know, not making a lot of money or, and they're like, how do, you know, what do I do as far as getting my medication and meeting with a doctor? And like, hopefully that will get fixed in the Obama administration, but it's a mess in the U.S. It's just, like, I think you're, you know, the standard of care for low-income, homeless, no-income people is needs a lot of work in this country. It's, it's pathetic, I think. It's, um, <laughs> you said it nicely, a lot nicer than I can say it. Um, and <laughs> well, I'm going to watch my mouth. <laughs> I don't want, um... Because people said my blog is an indictment, my videos are an indictment, and I do have friends that work at places like missions and shelters and ASOs. And having said that, I'll say this, just because you're a friend of mine does not mean I don't get to call your organization out. It doesn't mean I'm attacking your friendship. It doesn't mean I'm calling what you've done into question. But if the organization you work for does more harm than good, I'm calling it out. So if you like it or not, I'm calling it out. It needs to be called out. And you're right, Jack. The, actually, there is no standard of care for for people that are low income or homeless. It's take this or, Robert, can I just be me? Yeah. It's take this or shut the fuck up. You don't have to sleep here get the fuck out of here if you don't want to if you don't want to eat this slop we're serving then leave so right. what your bed has bed bugs and hiv has been that and so much worse and i'm not even on meds yet and i'm more stressed out from from trying to just access care for hiv and i'm not even on meds yet so i don't have this rosy outlook that I'm going to live a great life being HIV positive. I'd like to think that, and in my heart, I believe that, but I also know plenty of people who have died homeless on the streets from AIDS not being able to get care. And for people that say, oh, there are no barriers, there, there's plenty of access, that's bullshit. It's well, you know, and, and I think, you know, the ironic thing about all that, like when years ago, I was be between jobs and I couldn't get a job for a while, and I was having to go. I went on unemployment, and I think the ironic thing about people that are taking public assistance or are in um, federally funded programs or state funded programs is that you have to do so much more work. And I mean, I just remember going through all the unemployment BS and 
filling out all the paperwork and waiting days for approval and then having to make phone calls and be on hold for, you know, hours at a time and just the bureaucratic shitstorm that so much of that is just to get your basic needs met. And it's, imagine getting your basic needs met and then having to keep chemo appointments, having to having to line yeah. up to get a bed somewhere. And so for me, I had to make the choice, well, do I go to chemo today or do I try to get a bed? Do I try to eat over here or do I go over here to sign paperwork for, for DPSS? Um, when I was diagnosed HIV positive, DPSS, which is the welfare, came to the hospital and they did all the paperwork there. She told me that the hospital social worker would take care of everything else. The hospital social worker was a lazy ass. She did nothing. She didn't come to see me. I was there for 11 days. She didn't come to see me until, like, the ninth day. Um, four days I went with only cottage cheese, jello, and celery sticks. That was it. I, I complained about it, and the only way I got it changed is I threatened to kill myself. Then they put me on suicide watch. Then they paid attention. Oh, wow, let's fix his meals. The nurse, wow. that, the nurse that watched me, she laughed with me. She was just like, okay, where's the action? And I was like, there is no action. I knew what button to push. I go, I, I played nice. I asked nicely. I asked my doctors. I asked my HIV doctor. I asked the primary doctors, why are my meals coming like this? How come no one's changing this bandage on my back? Oh, it's a process, Kenji. We'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I, I took my own IV out because it was starting to hurt my hand, and it, it, it was just really painful. So I just took it out. They left the supplies up at my bed, so I took it out. And wow. it took me threatening to hurt myself in order for them to do something. And, again, they pushed it under, under the rug. Um, my HIV status was entered into the computer as a temporary health condition. So at the end of every 30 days, my benefits got cut off and I had to go get recertified. I had to go prove that I still had HIV. And that happened the entire year before I just finally said, you know what, fuck this. I'm, I'm not going through this again. I reached out to my ASO. I told them what was going on. Oh, there's nothing we can do about that. That's the county side. And I'm just like, you're my ASO. You're my case manager. You're supposed to help me with this. Well, that's the county side. Right. And I think my case manager, let me just say this, my case manager is great. Um, I love her to death. Yeah, and However, I, not, not to interrupt you, I do think, I mean, we are going off on a little bit of a tirade, and I, I, and I think there's a lot of negative experiences, and I, but I do think there are a lot of people out there that are, trying to do the work that they need to do with no budget and not getting paid and overworked. And there's a lot of that crap going on too on, on the flip side. So it's just unfortunate that you have to bear the brunt of it, you know? And what I guess what the reason why I blog and the reason why I put myself out there is because it's not just about me. There are tons of people who don't have the, the resources that I have that don't have the education that I have that just don't have the stick to itness that that I have. So I'm thinking about all the gay men 
who get referred to Skid Row and get their butts kicked down there, or all the all the gay people who just give up with HIV and AIDS because they can't get basic care. So that's why I do what I do. And you're right, Jack. There are tons of people. Actually, there are people. I won't say tons. There are people <laughs> within within ASOs, within missions and shelters that do an awesome job. But what I was saying about my case manager, her hands are tied just as much as I as, as mine are um, because the system has set it up that way. She can only call places that I can't call. Um, she can only, and then she has to wait for them to call her back because many times they won't deal with me. They'll only deal with her. Um, so if, like say for instance, if she calls someplace and they don't call her back for two months, then I sit and I wait for two months. Right. Well, Kenzie, so, one yes, of the things yeah. um, that I wanted to uh, to bring up and talk about were the, the recent protest rallies that you were at. And mm-hmm. you, I know you shot a video for YouTube where they cut, you know, a lot of funding in California for um, mm-hmm. ASOs. Um, can you touch a little bit, a bit on that? Um, well, the state of California is in, as, as I'm sure everybody knows, a budget crisis. Um, and um, our governor has already cut mental health services, things that that people are definitely needing, um, low-income people, um, people who are homeless, even people who have an income that just can't afford basic basic stuff like mental health um, services. That's already been cut. What we're now facing in the state of California are budget cuts to – um, programs that AIDS Project Los Angeles has, like uh, the Necessities of Life program, which is a um, a food program. So that's what that rally was about. And then it was also about um, it's it just all cuts that are going to affect patients with HIV and AIDS, from ADAPT to being able to um, get to doctors, help with meds, help uh, straight across the board. And, and that was what the rally was about. Um, where it stands right now is in the legislator's hands, and it's going to take us realizing that they work for us. And if they're not doing what we want them to do, then we need to fire them. Um, it's going to take us be- becoming our own advocates. And, and not depending on anybody else to do anything for us. I think it's time for us to just, I don't know if anybody remembers, act up, but I think it's time for us to start acting up again. Of course um, I remember act up. Yeah, I agree. It, I mean, it, it, our government, especially here in California, needs to know, and, and we need to send them a very clear message that we are not going to tolerate our brothers and sisters dying because you are cutting programs that are beneficial to someone's life. You can't just cut programs that, that's going to cut off people's meds. They, we need those meds to survive. People need those meds. People need programs like food programs. What are you going to eat? I mean, me, I'm not going back to eating out of the trash can. I just refuse to do that. And if that means i got to go to Sacramento to eat with the governor and his wife, then I'll demand that I do that. If you cut programs that feed me, then I'm coming to your house. <laughs> Kenzie, I have um, somebody here on the line, okay? Okay. So I'm going to bring them on for you. I have 
All right, I'll bring them right on for you. Hold on one second. Area code three two three, you're on the air. Hey, this is uh, Bart from Being Alive. Hey, Bart. <laughs> hey, Kenji, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, you, you sound a little down. Uh, you, you looked that way a little bit yesterday. I wish I had more time with you, so I just wanted to, just you know, stick with it. You're gonna be fine. Well, you know, we can be fine. There's, it's a tough system, I admit. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough system. Um, but we all need to work at trying to fix the system for people like me and for people like me who who don't reach out because they get things like, well, it's a process. Just just hold on. Sometimes people only reach out a few times before they give up. Uh, yeah, but I really admire, though, your blogging and stuff. Like you say, it's an indictment. But I, I appreciate someone that puts it out there. You know, it's your view. It's your perspective. And, you know, you're going to get some criticism from some people. But then, you know, I'm not one that actually takes a lot of time to read these kind of things. But for some reason, <laughs> since, I, since I met you and the Do Something Saturdays was so impressive, you know, I, I click on it at times or, you know, uh, especially on Facebook, I get tagged with a picture with you or something. I find myself reading stuff. And it's helpful. You know, it reminds me that there are people out there struggling. I mean, I work as the peer support manager, you know, doing intakes and support groups. Right. And, you know, it's you know, I'm reminded all the time that people are coming in, especially in this, lately in this economy, just struggling. And, you know, it sucks because our services are so limited, like social, emotional, you know, wellness, which are great services, but some of those really important services like that, that you know, you're struggling for, like, you know, a home and other things we don't offer. We don't, and that's why it's kind of, you know, like, oh, go here, go there. And then you go there, and they say, go there, go somewhere else. And so, right. yeah, it's yeah. And I want to say for everybody that's listening, Bart is with an organization called Being Alive. And Bart, after I got out of the hospital and, and kept reaching out and reaching out and reaching out, someone who reads my blog from Australia um, shot me a message that I should talk to Bart at, at Being Alive. And I think I had just had a fist fight the night before. <laughs> And I went in and I talked to Bart, and and Bart got me in touch with Brian Risley, who is a treatment AIDS, treatment AIDS educator at APLA. Um, and Bart told me about a support group. Bart told me about ceramics. So Bart has yeah, definitely – Yeah, don't forget I got you throwing bowls. Yeah, he got me throwing, <laughs> throwing on the wheel. I, I love doing that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know, Art, yeah, yeah. Positive by design, to, definitely. He tried to get me to do um, face painting, but um, I'm – not down with that. So. Yeah, you called it painting. I said, no, that's glazing. You paint your face. <laughs> yeah, ceramics, it's glazing. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I want to. I want to say hey to Jack on. too. Hey, I, I met you in Fort Lauderdale. I don't know. Oh, right on. Here. Yeah, we talked about MRSA. I work for Being Alive, and uh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? <laughs> Doing good. <laughs> so yeah, but um, you know, I I really appreciate Kenji and his his efforts, and I know. If, he gets really frustrated, but I, I'm glad that he even expresses that, just because you know it's, that's life. You know, we thanks, Bart. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I normally don't even. I just sign, had to sign in and figure out how to do all this today because I got so many uh, messages from Kenji. I'm like, okay, man, I'm not going to miss this. So. <laughs> so it's good to hear both of you actually, and uh, you know, keep telling your story and just you know, I, I hope I hope we can work things out for you. You know, I know it's limited to what we do here, but I hope that at least, you know. I know there's some days where you just look happy as ever, you know, whether it's ceramics or just hanging or chilling and going to the support groups or the, or the dinners and stuff. But, you know, that's part of life, too, just those moments, you know, moment by moment. But um, I definitely 
I definitely want to see you know have you know have it all or or get or get at least that stable the housing situation worked out. Right. I, I wish I I wish I knew more about it or knew who to talk to. Cause I, right. I can no, you to. gave me you <laughs> gave me awesome advice on on Friday when I when I called you and I followed that advice and. Oh, good. I googled the clinic. I found the clinic. I smoked yeah, don't wait, don't wait for someone to call you back for the number. Just you know, find the number. That's. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. Was, I, I was frustrated cool. for you. Well, cool. Yeah. I know because it, it was Friday at was what Friday at four. I'm like, oh no, yeah, you better. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to find that number on your own. <laughs> no offense, I know what it's like, exactly. but all right, cool. Well, I don't want to take any more time, but I just, I'm going to keep listening to you. And, uh, it's good to hear both of you. Thank <laughs> okay, you. Well, thanks right. for calling in. All right. Yeah, you bet. I just want to remind people listening, if you're interested in calling in and making a comment or asking a question to Kenji, you can reach us at 347-215-9442. I guess the one thing that I want to make clear through all of this is that it's up to us. It's like Bart said, you have bad days. We all have things that we're dealing with, and you just have to – and it sounds so cliche, and sometimes it's not very helpful. You have to hold on, and you have to believe in yourself, and you have to believe that no matter how bad the storm or how far you think you've gone or how low you think you sank, you can come back up, and you have to hold on to that. You have to always believe in that, and don't for one second believe that, oh, I'm HIV positive and my life is over, because your life is not over. Your life is only over if you want it to be over. So whatever is good in your life, hold on to that and, and just cling to it. Find friends. Get on Paz I Am. Go wherever it is you need to go. Do ceramics. Go to the beach. Do whatever it is you need to do to save your life, because no one's going to care and advocate and and. and and make your life better, better than you can. Well said. And I, I mean, I actually have a thing on my fridge that my friend sent me that said, um, when you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> because exactly. it's like, it's the only way, there's, there's only one direction to go when you're, you feel like you're your lowest and that's up. So just keep holding on and then hopefully tomorrow will be better. So. Right. My mom used to say, reach beyond the break and just hold on. Um, right. And don't let go. And that's funny that you said um, hell um, because I just blogged uh, about faith. And anybody who is a believer or anybody who has faith, faith is easy when everything is going right, when everything is peachy keen. Um, But faith becomes a discipline. It becomes a challenge. It becomes a necessity when your life becomes hell, when everything around you just seems to be caving in on you. And for me, it's been my faith that's carried me through. And sometimes my faith has gotten shaken. But I'm lucky enough to have some amazing friends in my life. And it's funny, through trials and tribulations, you really learn who your friends are and who people that are, I mean, because I I had a fancy life with a bunch of fancy people in it. And once fancy became not so fancy, all the fancy people left. And what's left are real friends and real experiences. And that's what I'm moving forward with. Um, Yes, I have bad days. Yes, I get frustrated. But I'm still here. And that's the blessing. God still allows me to be here. We're here for a reason. Um, And if 
we don't do our best to find out what that reason is, and we're, then we're just li- then we're just here. And for me, my reason for being here is to be of service to people, despite everything that's going on in my life. Um, I think you're I, doing a great job. Right, I agree. <laughs> Thank you. I, I have a question for you, and uh, this just refers back to a comment you made earlier that you said you're not on meds. Is that right. because of the bureaucratic? nightmare to get to them or because that's just your choice at this time or what's what because that's a question that we I get a lot from people like should I go on meds I can't afford them where do I find them like what's your experience with that um my experience is this by the grace and favor of God um even with all that my body is is battling sickle cell and cancer and enormous stress my body is kicking HIV's ass. Um, oh, my cells are climbing and my viral load is dropping. Um, so my cancer team has said, you know what, let's just let, let your body do what it does. And my last doctor um, said, you know what, your body's doing great. Um, if there ever comes a time, um, because if, if you've watched my videos, I've definitely raised the, the question. Um, about HIV and AIDS, but let me be very, very clear. If the time comes to where Kenji needs to take meds, I'm taking the meds um, right. because I love my life. And I would suggest to anybody who is HIV positive that needs to take meds and isn't currently taking the meds, you need to get on the meds if you want right. to stay here. Right, and I think that... Um to be especially clear that, like you said, that's why I asked because, like, I just wanted to know that you were having your blood work monitored because that's really the key thing is making sure. Because, Robert, you don't, you're not on meds either, correct? No, no, not right And it's now. just about making sure your viral load is, is, you know, undetectable or as close as you can get and that your T-cells are within a healthy range. And, right. you know, then, then beyond that, you know, taking meds is a personal decision. I mean, and that's between you and your doctor or whatever, but I just wanted to make sure you were being cared for. That's just my little little mother and me coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, that's, that's part of my message is from the time I left the hospital and then UCLA told me I couldn't get care there until I got a reject letter from Medi-Cal, which the hospital should have taken care of. And when I left the hospital and then went to Medi-Cal, it became Medi-Cal saying, no, you were a patient at the hospital. The hospital should have done that. We won't do it. Then the it's hospital always, was saying, It's always the other person that's supposed to do it. Right. And what people don't realize is that me, the patient, is stuck in the middle. Um, and it's like, it, it's like you and I talked about, Robert, in the video. People have forgotten that the people who need the service are the ones who are going without while well, we make up these rules and regulations, and the bottom line is we never come to Kenji and say, hey, Kenji, is this program going to help you or is it going to hurt you? Is sending you to 15 different places and you have no money for transportation, is that going to help you or is it going to hurt you? Our, our leaders need, need, to, need to ask those questions and need to strongly consider those questions, and the people who are supposed to be advocating for us the ones that are these nonprofits getting these large amounts of money, they need to do it for everybody, not just those who can afford it, but for those who are at the greatest risk. The pyramid needs to be flipped. Right. Hmm. 
Kenji, one of the things um, I was kind of excited to have you come on and talk about today is today you're also releasing um, the interview conversations <laughs> with Kenji, which, yes. you know, you interviewed me um, this time around, um, so that's going to be launching tonight. I just wanted to get you to touch base on exactly what it is and why you started it and basically, you know, how people can find out more about it. Well, Conversations with Kenji is kind of um, an extension of the, the outreach. So I have to do something Saturday outreach, which is homeless, low-income families, and seniors. And then we just added Shriners Hospital for Children um, into the Do Something Saturday. With HIV and AIDS, I didn't want to lump it, lump it together because it affects me. So I created Unplugging HIV, which is its own outreach for people with HIV and, and AIDS. Um, part of my thinking of that was just like, wow, I know so many positive people and watching people like Justin B. Smith and Trav talk so open and honest about their HIV and AIDS, I was just like, wow, if I could create a dialogue where it's just two friends talking about life and HIV just happens to come up and it's very, very natural, I could create a different atmosphere around the subject. Um, so that's where Conversations with Kenji came in. And what Conversations with Kenji is, it's basically all the things that I love. It's either going to be bike riding, um, HIV and AIDS, cancer, sickle cell. Um, it's basically to create a healthy dialogue about issues. Yeah, and we'll talk about um, Jack and Xanax as well. <laughs> no, I said, I said ceramics. Although I like Xanax. Oh, ceramics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are gonna we are gonna interview um, Bart, um, uh, uh, Jack. Um, Robert was my second official interview, and for me to have Trav go first and then Robert come second. When I thought about it, Trav was definitely the first one, and and then when I started thinking about a, a second one. Um, Robert is just somebody that that I am just amazed by, that I'm inspired by. So I thought of him, but Robert, just like Trav, are really, really busy. So I didn't think the interview was going to happen. And then when it did, totally blown away by it. And, and tonight's tonight's videos are every everybody that's seen them loves them. Um, Do I look bad? So, <laughs> um, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Such a actually, queen. Some, Such a queen. Actually, <laughs> Actually, somebody said, "Damn, he's hot," and I was like, oh. "Back up." <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. So, Jack, can I interview you? Sure, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait a minute, Kenji. They're they're going to be released tonight. At what time, and where can they go see it? Um, 6 p.m. Pacific time on on Project Kenji Cat, and you can go to www. Actually, just go to do something org and click on the contacts area, and then there is a link to the blog there. Um, so they'll go there, or you can go to YouTube. And your YouTube page is YouTube backslash Kenji Cat? Yeah. Okay, I'll put that in the chat room. Yeah, or do something org in the contacts area has everything there. There's my Flickr page because my photography. Um, I've kind of dubbed that my life through my lens, um, and that encompasses all the jazz that I take in um, through homelessness and, and not having <laughs> not having the big fat bank account that I used to have. Um, 
I've really rediscovered basic things. Like I, I, re, I totally rediscovered Los Angeles. Um, and I, I love LA. I was born and raised in Santa Monica. So I love California. Um, um, so my life through my lens is definitely my experiences through homelessness, my experiences through HIV, and my experiences through um, the good times that I have. And and despite most of the blog is about the rough patches because when I talk to homeless people, when I talk to people with HIV and AIDS, they constantly tell me we don't have a voice. So I try to be that voice. Um, but I do have, I do have fun. Um, I just went to the zoo. So, um, all those pictures are up on the Flickr page that there are good things in my life and my organization is definitely uh, a good thing in my life. It's a fantastic thing in my life. Through homelessness and HIV, I've learned what my purpose is in life. And my purpose wasn't to have 56 Brioni suits and Ferragamo shoes and BMWs and Audis. My purpose is to actually help people and help people even when I am desperately in need of help myself. Um, well, I think that's, you know, one of the, the big reasons that, you know, I think that makes you so unique, unique doing what you do with your blog is because you're tackling issues that most advocates who are out there, you know, speaking about HIV and AIDS aren't really covering so much on homelessness. And I think right. that that's an angle that you're taking that makes what you're doing so unique and so impactful. Um, I have another caller sitting here on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and bring them on. Okay. Uh, let's see, caller area code 912, you're on the air. Let's see, Hello. Hi. Trav. This is Trav. Hey, Trav. Call you guys. I just called to uh, support my friend, Kenji. Um, he's a very, very close per, uh, friend of mine, and I'm just so happy to hear him on your show. <laughs> What's up, Trav? Nothing. I, you know, I snuck out of work to make this call, so I just wanted to make it quick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you did. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, that's all. I just wanted to say hi to Kenji and you guys and let you guys know that you're doing great, great work on Block TV. And that's basically it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, right that's on. We'll get back to work if I say you don't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get fired, but yeah. Bye, Candy. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah. I wanted to. I, I wanted to say I also don't that want I to get fired. <laughs> right. I think it's great. I, I mean that. I mean the time with the homelessness is. It couldn't be more prudent. I'm. You know, time time sensitive because you know I, I know that you're tying it in with HIV and that whole community but I think homelessness is like now such a national topic because of the economy there's people that never thought they would be homeless and that are now dealing with with not having a place to live losing their homes um, and I think the, the information that you provide is really useful in that sense and another thing that you said that I think is really great is um, whenever people email me or contact me and want advice on, you know, especially if they're newly diagnosed and they have that whole freak out phase, um, mm -hmm. I always say, you know, I've been positive for 20 years and I think it's actually been a, a positive thing, you know, in my life, pun intended, whatever. But I think, I think everything has a lesson and a silver lining and I've, 
I don't think I would be at all the person that I am today. I don't think I'd have the compassion, the empathy, the sense of community, the sense of, um, you know, global responsibility that I do now if I hadn't had to really face my own mortality, self-actualize, like deal with all those things. And when you're put with, you know, in, in, in a situation where you have to deal with some things that seem on the outside like a huge, insurmountable, nightmarish bummer, I think you come out as a stronger person. You definitely come out as a, as a much stronger person. Um, I love the man I was before homelessness, um, and I incredibly love the man I am now. Um, I feel I am way more successful than I was prior to homelessness. I'm, I'm definitely way more compassionate. Um, I'm way more, I guess I should say, understanding of things. Um, and, and what I've tried to do is, one, just try to be a, a stand-in for somebody. I know what it was like not to have hygiene items, so that's where the Do Something Kits came from. I know what it was like not to get um, information on, on HIV and AIDS, and that's why I created the Life Kits, which are like a sister um, to the Do Something Kit. And, and I know what it's like to hear people, to have people reach out to me through email and say, you know what, you are a huge inspiration to me. Um, it's funny, I get so many emails from people telling me their stories um, and saying what an inspiration I am. And Robert's right. I don't like to be put up on a pedestal because I don't think what I'm doing is all that special. Um, I'm just doing – I can honestly say I'm doing what I know my parents would be so proud of. Um, and it, it it wasn't my USC education that got me through homelessness. It was my the education that I got from my parents and grandparents and and cousins it it it's what I was raised with that got me through it. It definitely wasn't my checkbook. And to be honest, it wasn't help from a bunch of organizations. It was me believing in me and believing what God created in me and knowing that despite all that I'm going through, everything is going to fall into place. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but I, 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 think, I, I think you should be proud and take ownership of the fact that you're inspirational to people. I mean, you may not see it from your point of view, but, you know, just when someone says, says that to me, I, I, I feel the same thing. I'm just doing, I'm just living my life. I'm doing what I think is right. I'm doing what I do. But I'm glad if, if someone takes a positive message from something I say or something that you say, like, that's amazing, you know? Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely take, take, I definitely know that I'm an inspiration. It's hard not to believe that I'm not um, because I, I see people like Salinas who was homeless when I was homeless um, and now she's moving into her second apartment and this one is above Wilshire and if you know anything about Santa Monica if you say you're above Wilshire you're all right um, I don't want to cut you off but I have another caller on and we're winding down to the top of the hour Okay. So I want to make sure I get to the first time so they can talk to you. Area code 310, okay. you're on the air. Hey, Kenji, it's Crystal. Crystal! Hi, <laughs> Well, now I feel like I'm calling in on a mute point here. Uh -oh. <laughs> what did that say? <laughs> anyway, um, 
it, but to talk about this whole inspiration thing, I now it's like I'm beating a dead horse, but you you really are. You have been so inspirational to Patrick and I. You've really opened up our eyes to to so many things, and that is a huge gift that I have gotten from you. And Thank you. Uh, and I just I just want you to know that. And um, you know, the other day it was kind of a cute story. I was outside of CVS and. And there was a homeless lady out there, and she asked if I had any change, which I didn't have any on me. And she's like, well, do you think that you could buy me some food? And I said, sure, what would you like? You know? And she's like, I would like some Spam. I'm like, that's all you want is Spam? <laughs> and, uh, but I went in there, and I got her Spam and animal crackers and chapstick and hand sanitizer, you know, and I put together this whole little kit thing for her. And you know, I brought it out, and she was looking through the bag, and she got tears in her eyes, and she was just so so thankful and I would have never honestly thought to do something like that until until meeting you and uh, it's it was just an awesome feeling to be able to help somebody and I hope I can continue to work with you and, and help you in the future with whatever you need to do <laughs> Crystal and Patrick are my sock my sock infantry <laughs> whenever I do a large outreach they show up in in spirit they show up in person and they always supply me with socks as well as so much other stuff. You guys are a huge inspiration to me, and I am honored to call you both friends. And uh, we are honored so blessed to, to have awesome. you guys in my life. All right. I we love, love that story. Much. We did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to let you get back to the show since you don't have much time, but I just want to say I love you, and you're, you're my rock star, buddy. Thanks, Chris. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Uh-huh, bye. I have, I have one more caller sitting here, so I'm trying to bring them on. Okay. Call, you're on the air. How are you guys? How are you doing? It's Clint from England. Hey, hey. how are you? Hey. How you been, Robert? Hey. Hi, Kengi. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm not too bad. I only managed to catch um, the last half an hour because I've never signed on to this whole blog talk radio thing. But I just wanted to say what you said was amazing, absolutely touching, and um, I've had a lot of problems in the work that I've done, and it's helped me today just to listen to you, and I just really appreciate what you said because it came from the heart. Thank you very much. Yeah, what kind of work do you do? Um, I don't want to talk about me because they're going to bring me okay. on another time. It's not about okay. me. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a guest later on. Yeah, so okay. don't worry. I just, really, I just really wanted to call in and say well done. and you know, I mean, I think we can all be in that situation. I know there's been times in my life where I've struggled when I was younger and I'm always grateful for where I'm at now and I can see that you're exactly the same and even though you've been to those extremes it's how you actually deal with them that counts right right very true well said thank you cool. okay I'm going to get on I'm going to let you guys get on with the show but keep up the great work it's amazing what you're doing thank you yeah, Clint's great, actually. Um, I met him through the Does HIV Look Like Me campaign that I did um, involved with Hope's Voice, and he was one of the ambassadors in the United Kingdom. And I've been trying oh, to reach him to um, come on the show to be a guest because he does great work over there in the U.K., and um, that, uh, this is the first time he got to tune in, so hopefully he'll be coming up soon on one of the upcoming shows. Cool. Before we go, I definitely want to give um, Dab a shout-out. Um, I met Dab... Actually, I, I can't remember how I met Dab, but he's on my friends list on, on Pause I Am. He's also on my blog network, um, and I am now an ambassador of hope for the um, Dab uh, Teddy Bear Project or Dab the AIDS Bear Project. And if you guys are watching 
my YouTube channel or watching um, the videos on Project Kendrick Cat, you, you can see I kind of got the rambunctious dab D.H. Bear. He's kind of feisty, kind of like me. So, <laughs> I think he's bisexual. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to make sure before we, because we have like about four minutes left, that you can, uh, you know, plug all your sites that you that you you've gotten in everything you need to get in. Like where do you want people to go to find more information about your YouTube videos um, and all that stuff? The best place to go is do something Saturday dot org. Okay. Um and in the contacts area it'll have a link to my blog, my Flickr page, my Facebook, um, and then soon it'll have links up for Pause I Am, um, for um uh, Dab's organization for Bob the Pirate, his organization. Um, so I'm I'm working on that stuff right now. And I think the message that I want to leave with people is that no matter what we go through in life, um, just always believe in yourself. And it it's tough, and but you can get through it. No matter what it is, believe in yourself, and and you can get through it. And if it means you have to walk alone, then walk alone and walk in and walk alone knowing that you're gonna get through it. Good. That's great. Well said. Yep. I think that applies to anyone, no matter what. I mean, you know, if you think on um, from the exterior, they seem to be living the high life. I think everyone has those moments. I mean, material things really mean nothing at the end of the day, and you can't take it with you. So, right. you know, we all that's a message that applies to everyone, obviously. Right. And that's one thing that I've learned. All the material things that I that I had it really meant nothing. What I do for humanity means so much more. Um so much more. Um True. and I want I I I just want to be like my grandparents and like my parents and when I hear people speak of them, um they just speak so highly of them and I I want that to be said about me. When when I go, I don't want people to say, "Well, Kenji was sick and he was he was unhappy." I want people to say, "Yeah, he was sick, but he had a great time and he helped people, and he lived a full life." So that's how I'm going out. <laughs> well, Kenji, thanks for joining us today, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Robert. I really appreciate it. Don't forget tonight. <laughs> yeah, you're great. I hope you I hope you feel a little bit more jovial tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Jack. I was expecting a little bit more sassy, Kanji, but maybe next time. <laughs> next time I'll smack you around. All right, bitch. <laughs> and remember, All right, honey. You can find Thank more you. out about Kenji at DoSomethingSaturday.org. Um, and, Jack, you want to throw your websites and Twitter and all that out? Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, basically, the easiest for me, just go to JackMackenroth.com and everything's linked on there. I, I'm tired of tweeting, to be honest. <laughs> you got you to gotta download the tweet deck. It allows you to do Facebook and Twitter at the same time. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, look it up, tweet deck. It's really great. Okay, good to know. <laughs> but um, just a reminder, folks, Sunday we will be live at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Ken Howard, who is an HIV-positive therapist. And then next Wednesday, Jack, our special guest will be the Emmy Award-winning AIDS activist, She's been on the Oprah show. She's been on everywhere. She has a book out, uh, The Naked Truth. Marvel and Brown's going to join us, and I'm still. I love her, and she's fabulous. Yeah, it'll be a great show. 
So you right enjoy on. the rest of your week, and I'll talk to you uh, next Wednesday. All right, sweetie. Talk to you later. Bye, bye guys. Bye.